0: Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. in a series titled raised to life. And the whole premise of the series is to journey through the entire book of Ephesians verse by verse. And, uh, we have made it into chapter two of Ephesians. Have y'all enjoyed this series? I know it's a little different than anything we've ever done. Have have y'all enjoyed going through Ephesians verse by verse? I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. Okay. Um, But last week, you know, Pastor Chad he went on vacation and he just felt Pastor Chad, he's our our lead pastor. Um, he he is the primary communicator at our Republic campus. He was here last week, first service. We watched him on the screen. And um, you know, I believe that him as the lead pastor, that God's gonna speak to Chad for this house. That's what I believe as, as he leads us and he's trying to be sensitive to the Lord. And while he was on vacation, he said, man, you know, we were talking on the phone last week. He's like, Mark, I just I feel the Lord. He keeps putting 2 Chronicles 7.14 in my heart. He goes, in, and I know we're in this, uh, this series called Raised to Life, he goes, but I'm just feeling a stirring. I'm feeling an urgency in my heart that we need to communicate to our people. We, we need to talk about this verse. We need to preach on this verse. I, I think there's some nuggets in there for us. And, and he said, I think it's vital that We commit to 30 days of prayer and 30 days of repentance. Um, And and I just wonder, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, guys, we were really out of church for almost three months. Like, that's almost a whole summer. And, and I think, you know, you hear these statistics, they talk about it takes whatever, 14 days, 21 days to develop a new habit or whatever it is. But I think maybe a lot of us in that three months of online church, dear Lord, bless it, it's not what we prefer, but hey, trying to make it work, amen. But, but I think some of us maybe develop new, new rhythms and new patterns. Maybe we reprioritize without even realizing it. And I just wonder, God, have we fallen asleep? Do do we need to be shaken awake, you know, re-energized for your purpose and for your calling for us? And I'm hoping that as we commit to prayer and repentance over these next 30 days, that something would shift in us as individuals, but also that something would shift in us as a church, right? Like just set our hearts ablaze for you, reignite our desire to serve you, to be in your house, to, to, to love your people well. So part of, part of that whole 30 days, we've implemented these prayer nights on Thursday nights from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. And uh, man, this past Thursday, anyone come out this past Thursday? We had a few people come through. Man, it was awesome. And we wanna, it literally invites you guys every Thursday. We even did some live worship this week. And uh, man, we just really, no agenda, just sat in here and just prayed and spent quality time with our Father. And it was so good. So we wanna invite you guys out to that. That's, that's part of this whole pursuit. So just for the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll, we'll get back into Ephesians, and we'll continue to move through that book verse by verse, but we're going to spend some time on this Second Chronicles 7.14 passage, because um, I believe this is a word for us in, in this season. So here, here's what it says. Here's what the verse says. It says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, everyone say humble themselves, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. You see, there's, there's really four main things that are happening in this passage where Solomon's just, uh, at this point in the scripture, Solomon's just built this massive temple and his prayer is that the presence of the Lord would inhabit this temple and uh, the Lord shoots down with fire and fills the temple with his presence and God and Solomon are having a conversation and This is what God says to Solomon. He says, you know, know, if if you see certain things start to happen, if you see plagues and, and famines, he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and restore their land. I think there's something about humbling ourselves, praying, seeking and turning from our wicked ways that stirs the movement of God in our lives. So I'm expectant that over the next 30 days, as we commit to prayer, as we commit to repentance, uh, I'm expecting that something's gonna shift in us and, and something is going to shift in our church. And I believe that uh, we're gonna enter into a, a really great season as a church. Y'all, y'all got faith for it? Yeah. All right, man, let's pray and then we'll jump into this word. Jesus, we love you so much. God, we invite you into this place. I pray that you would use this word in a divine way. Communicate to your people and till the soil of our hearts. God, as the seed of your word goes forth right now, I pray that it would land on fertile soil in our heart. It would grow to produce fruit in our lives. God, we can come in here and play church every week. We can come in here and we can listen every week, but if we never apply your word, God, we're only fooling ourselves. That's what your word says. We don't just wanna be hearers. We wanna be doers also. So help us to be doers. Uh, Empower us to be doers of your word. In Jesus' holy and mighty name, amen. First part of that verse, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, humble themselves. Um, how many know that every single day is, is filled with opportunities to exercise and express humility? Amen? Man, when, every day, going to work, being around our family, being around our siblings, whatever it may be, every day is full of opportunities to express our humility. Life is full of opportunities to choose a humble response or humble behavior, But in that same vein, um, how many know, sometimes the Lord takes the option out of it, and we just experience things that just humble us. (laughs) We just experience things that force us to feel humility, right? And I don't know if anyone's ever experienced anything like this, but I have experience many moments like this where, God, I wasn't asking to experience humility. I wasn't asking to be humbled, but apparently maybe he felt the need. It was time for me. So I wanted to share the story. I've briefly shared bits and pieces of this story. I've shared a little bit about it. So I wanted to give you the full length, full measure this morning. Okay. My, my sister, Jess, um, my, my middle sister, she's a CrossFit superstar and, you know, super fit, super strong, super athletic, go get it type of personality. Um, she gets an email to go on this show on NBC called The Titan Games. Anyone familiar with The Titan Games? Have you seen it on TV? Heard about it? Okay, it's all these, you know, feats of strength and athleticism and, you know, whatever. She's perfect for this show, so she interviews and they get her on the show and, so she goes on the show, and, and the show is full of, you know, just just all this wild stuff, and, and it's, you know, it's real theatrical, and it's big, and it's loud, and so she does well on the show, she gets on the show, she's gonna be on the season, and guess what, NBC... Is gonna come out to our house and they're gonna interview us as the family. And they're gonna give Jess like this whole backstory. Okay, so you know, like you watch American Idol and you got the funny stories or you got the sob stories and it pulls on your heartstrings. Well, I think they were trying to develop this narrative with Jess, something to get the get the heart of America attached to her, and they decide that I'm gonna be the, the host of, of, of this story. I'm, I'm gonna play a part in it. So, man, sign me up! NBC, <laughs> national TV. God, is this my moment? Right? <laughs> so NBC comes out the new. They you know they interview us on our porch. It's this whole experience. It's it's, it's pretty awesome. And the storyline that they were developing is is just being a, a fitness superstar. I had experienced a huge weight loss journey okay, and they basically wanted, and, and just inspired that, and encouraged that, and, and helped me through that, I literally got almost, you know, close to 300 pounds, ended up losing like 60 pounds in like six months, through the same way, you know, through CrossFit, which is Jess's avenue of fitness, and so I, I've had this weight loss journey, so they want to paint the picture, which it, which it is true, it's not like it was a lie, but Jess in, inspired her little brother to lose all this weight, okay, it just inspired them and' so they're taking videos of us running together at our house, like you know every, just like we're doing push ups in the yard It's like we've never do push ups in the yard, but this is we got we gotta get america we we need to capture the heart of America, and this is how we're gonna do it, so the season comes around and and the episodes are on, and they tell us when the episodes are going to show and Leading up to the episodes, Jess is like, okay, she's like, I need pictures of the transformation. Like, I need pictures from when you are at your heaviest to when you were your fittest. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Now, something you got to understand, I'm a pastor here, okay, so I try to be fairly conservative on social media and in my whole life. And so I'm never, like, I'm just never, in, nothing against anybody who is, I'm never going to post a shirtless picture on social media. I'm just not going to do it. Um, so, but Jess, specifically for the show, that, that's what they're wanting, Okay? Yeah. These episodes are unfortunately still available on Hulu, so. I don't know why I just told you that, but. So I send in, I send in some pictures, and she's like, "No, you know, send me the good ones." I'm like, "Okay." So I had taken through the journey, I had taken transfer- shirtless pictures in the in the mirror in the bathroom. So I send, so I I send her the before picture. I send her the before picture. And I send her the after picture. And, you know, we're, we're in the church. We got all these people who know Jess is on this show, and we're telling all our friends, this is the week. This is, this is the episode. You know, it's like I'm kind of, this is my moment. Because I'm just thinking, you know, I put in so much hard work. I've grinded to get where I'm at. I'm like, and here I go. You know, I'm going to get a little glory. Because the transformation was significant. It was, it was a significant transformation. And I'm thinking, wow, everybody's going to see my hard work. You know everybody's gonna see, you know what happened. It's so bad. Um, uh, so, so we're we're at our house. Long story short, man, we're we're at our house and we're watching the episode. And Jess comes on, and, and then the family interviews pop up, right? And it's like they start there. We, you know, I pop up on the screen. I've told all my friends, you gotta watch this. You gotta see this. This episode is gonna be incredible. And watching, and and then it's like, and Jess has helped her little brother, you know, and she, even in the interview, she's like, I was starting to get worried about him. It's like, oh my gosh, like, how bad did things get? (laughs) You know, like, you never told me that. Uh, I'm glad you told America, though, so. So, you know, they show the video of us running, and they go, and she's really inspired and encouraged her brother to, you know, to venture on this weight loss journey of his own, and she's like, I just love to help people and inspire people. So me and Abigail are sitting on the couch, and, and here it is. The moment. <laughs> the shirtless pictures. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. It shirtless picture pops up, the before picture pops up. And Jess has really worked hard to encourage her brother to have this transformation. I'm just thinking, I can't wait till that goes away. I just I'm ready, I'm ready for the next one. So the before picture goes away, and they just move on. <laughs> and I'm like. I kid you not, Abigail's sitting with me on the couch and like, I'm, I'm like having my arm around her, like she's sitting and we're both like looking at the TV like this and she turns around and goes, <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, are you kidding me? I just posted my heaviest shirtless picture of all time for all of America to see. And that's all that's going to get shown. I, I got to be honest, man, I, I was, I was excited for my moment. I was excited for the world to see my hard work. I was excited for people to hear my story, but I was quickly reminded, Mark, this show is not about you. Mark, this is your sister's moment. This is highlighting what she's done. Apparently, she didn't do much, amen? <laughs> but, it, but it was this, it was this. It was a not-so-gentle reminder that, hey, it's not all about you. It's not all about you. You know, especially as we've worked through the book of Ephesians, we've talked a lot about the heavenly realm, and, you know, we've talked about the existence of evil and how there's this war within us between the flesh and the spirit, um, and until Jesus comes back and evil is totally eradicated, our flesh and our spirit, they'll coexist within us, right? Right. And there's always this war of, you know, the, the fleshness to do what the Lord is prompting us to do, but also to our sinful nature is, is gnawing at us, trying to pull us away from the will of God. And, and, and the flesh, something that the flesh is always going to do, it's always going to stir us and lead us to glorify ourselves, right? It's, 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 it's prideful. It's selfish, the flesh and the spirit, this war, there's something on the inside of us that, that that this feeling of it's about you. Take what's best for you. Do what's best for you. Think about you. When you look at the picture, look at you. Don't look at other people, right? Like this is, it's all about you. Our, our flesh is active. And as long as the sinful nature within us is still existence, there, there will always be this temptation to glorify ourselves. Just to be blunt, man, our flesh is selfish, Amen. Our, our flesh is prideful, our, our flesh is full of conceit. We're, we're self-centered in, in nature and I can prove it. You know, oftentimes, I, I don't always tell my wife I do this, but here and there, occasionally I walk into Casey's gas station. I walk up to the pizza, pre-made pizza display, okay, spinning around on the plate. And yeah, I take the biggest piece in there. Yeah, I wait for that thing to swing around until the biggest piece is right. You guys do too. Come on, can I get an amen right there? From all the... No, nobody, okay. I'll, hey, I'll be vulnerable. And I take that biggest piece pizza. Do I care that I'm depriving everybody else of the opportunity to experience the biggest piece of Casey's pizza in the display? Absolutely not. In that moment, I am thinking about myself. I want it, so I take it right? But for real church, I, I think we hear this word pride. I think we hear this word pride and it's easy for us to think, Pastor Mark, I, I don't, I don't, I struggle with a lot of things, but I don't struggle with pride. Like, like I, I struggle with a lot of things, but if anything, I could probably like grow in confidence and self-view in the, in the things that I do. And I would argue that pride doesn't always manifest itself through pompous behavior. And in an obvious overconfidence in oneself, I think pride is a whole lot sneakier than that, church. I think it is. I think it's a whole lot sneakier. And consider the definition of pride. It says the quality of having an excessive high opinion of oneself or of one's own importance. Here's something I say often. You, you know, if you guys have been here for a while or, or been in the building, um, while I've been pastor over the last year, you've probably heard me say it, but here's something I really believe. You, if you're taking notes, write this down. But belief drives behavior. That's, that's what I believe, that our belief drives our behavior. And, and I'm just curious, if we evaluated our behavior, would our behavior preach that we value others more than ourselves? Or would our behavior say that we value ourselves most? See, because I think a lot of us just think that pride is just the dude posting a shirtless selfie, flexing his abs, putting something motivational in the, in the caption, right? We're like, oh, he's so pompous, he's so arrogant, he's so prideful. But we never consider the post that says, it, if, we, if you don't vote for so-and-so, then I'm sorry, we can't be friends. And, and we might as well post, if you don't think like me, you're wrong because I'm right. And for you to have enough value to even be considered worthy of being my friend, you need to think like me. And that's pride. And that's pride. Belief drives behavior. And, and I'm just curious, if we really evaluate our behavior, if we really look inward, if, if we consider the way we're living our life daily, the way we're treating other people, would our behavior preach that we value others more than ourselves? And when we consider pride to be a life lived with this me first mentality, I think many of us might be a lot more prideful than we think. I think a lot of us might be a lot more prideful than we even realize. You know, as I was studying this week, do I have any like recluses like, man, I'm kind of an isolation person. I'm okay to be alone. I I tell people this. I, I think I'm, there's this weird paradox in my life personally where I feel like I am the most extroverted introvert. Ever, because I'm good to be in a room full of people. I'm good to talk. I'm going to be loud and crazy, and uh, you know, have my dirty laundry thrown all over NBC for All America, whatever. You know, that's fine. But like sometimes I just, you know, but I just love to be alone too. Like I just can totally be reclusive, and I can totally check out. In for like, you know, summer quarantine for me, it was just like I sh- probably should be hating this more, but you know, th- there's this thing. And you know, even our isolation can be a form of pride. Proverbs 18.1, it says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. I think a simple way to define pride is considering yourself more than you consider others. When we isolate, we're neglecting the fact that maybe God has purposes for me. That even though you'd rather be alone, that, that God's mission for you is to be present, is to be loving, is to be sacrificial. Yeah, it's more, it's more comfortable to be like that. And, and I think that's what pride is. It's simply considering yourself more than you consider others. And guys, if pride exists in our churches, we will never be the church that Jesus desires. Paul, you know, same guy who who wrote the letter of Ephesians, he wrote a letter to Timothy, and he's helping Timothy, who's basically like a young pastor, and, and he says this. He says, but mark this, this is what Paul writes. He says, mark this. There will be, this is 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 4. It says, There will be terrible times in the last day, and you think. Why are times going to be terrible? Our comet's going to fall from the sky, our volcanoes going to explode, and the earth crack open and everybody falls in. Why are times going to be terrible? And the first thing he says, is, people will be lovers of themselves. That's why it will be terrible. You, you can see that when, when we're just lovers of ourselves, when we're self absorbed, when it's all about us, when we think that everything revolves around us, it's terrible. And this cannot be an attitude or a characteristic or a trait of the church. It says there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, Not lovers of good, treacherous, rash. Is anyone encouraged? Come on, conceited. But this, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Paul's telling Timothy, part of why times are gonna be so terrible is because people are gonna be so self-absorbed. They're just gonna do what they want. They're just gonna give in to that gnawing of the flesh that says me, me, what I want. Doesn't matter what other people want. Man, I'm not gonna value other people more. I'm just, just it's all about me. And I, and I look at this list, this encouraging list, right? But I'm, I'm forced to reflect and to evaluate and to ask myself first, do I see these traits in me? Like, are these existing in me? Do I, do I see these in me? And, and then I think, do I see them in my sheep? Do I see them in the people that I lead? Are we selfish? Are we prideful? Do, do, we, do we love our money more than we love Jesus? Do we love our pleasure more than we love Jesus? Do we love ourselves more than we love Jesus? Are we so prideful and so self-centered that we've started to really believe this life is all about us, it's all about me? God says to Solomon in 2 Chronicles, he says, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Humble, That everyone say humble. A humble church is a church that's pleasing to the Lord. A humble church is a church that's pleasing to the Lord. Pride considers self above all. Humility considers there's something greater than myself. To live humble, to live with humility is the mindset, is the perspective that it's actually not just about me. Maybe there's something or someone greater that this life revolves around. Maybe I'm a a part of a process, I'm a part of a production, I'm a part of something beyond myself. It's not just about me, but, but maybe it's about someone higher someone greater, someone more loving, someone more forgiving, someone more merciful. Destiny Church, if we want to be recipients of the blessing that the Lord is willing to pour out on this church, the blessing that the Lord is willing to pour out on this church, if we want it, if we want to be saturated in it, if we want DCM covered in it, if we want to represent the light of Jesus to the darkness of this world, we will experience none of it without humbling ourselves. We have to humble ourselves. So the rest of our time this morning together, I want to spend in Philippians 2. And this whole passage here is all about the humility of Christ. And we know that Jesus is the goal, right? Like not only is salvation found in the name of Jesus, but also Jesus is the man I want my life to emulate. I want my words, I want my thoughts, I want my actions to be, I want people to experience Mark Griffith and in so they experience Jesus through me. Like that's that's what I want this life to be. I want people to see Jesus in me. So Philippians 2, there's a couple verses here, but they're so good. It says this. Therefore, if any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if, if any comfort. And in, in, let me let me preface with this. Paul was writing to the Philippians. For the most part, Philippians are doing a great job as a church. Like, you know, Paul's, he, he's, Paul can be really rebuking in some of his letters. And like, you know, you look in the uh, first letter of Corinthians and he's just calling them out for their sexual immorality. And they're just like, you know, they're just serving other gods. But, you know, the church in Philippi is, for the most part, they're in their role as the church, but they have a unity issue. That's really the only thing. So he says, therefore, if any of you have encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Verse three is so good. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Not all about you. Don't just think about what you want, how you want it to sound, how you want it to look, how it should be done. This This is, you know, got to be humble. We got to live with humility. Verse five, it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Saying, saying, I want you, Paul's saying, listen, in, in your relationships, in the way you treat people, in the way you treat other people, I want your mindset to be like Jesus's mindset. And then he goes on to explain what that looks like. This is, this is Jesus's mindset. He says, who being in very nature God, Jesus being God, considering the context that Jesus left heaven, entered the world, Jesus being God, right, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So just because you have charisma and you're charming doesn't mean you use it for your own gain. Just because you have intellect and you're educated and you're smart and doesn't mean that you use that for self-gain, right? Just, just because you can win others over, whatever it may be, however the Lord's gifted you, don't just use it for yourself. Jesus had all the all the reason to say, look at everything I got, consider who I am, I'm God. It says, but he didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, instead, he made himself nothing. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. That's what he did. Being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Everyone say humble. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even to die on a cross and and you can see it's not like Jesus just with a smile walked up to the cross and said, throw me up there. You know, it was like, man, we see this intimate moment with Jesus where he's in the garden praying saying, dad, I don't want to do this. Dad, is there any way that, is there any way that this, that this cup can pass from me to do it? But, but he, but remember he says, but my will, not my will your will because it's not about me. I, I'm just a part of, I'm a part of your story. It, it, it's bigger, it's bigger than me. He was humble, he was humble. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. Cause that's what God does. And he promises in his scriptures, when you humble yourself, I'll exalt you. You don't need to tell everybody how great you are, right? You know what? And it's not even about that. God says, you humble yourself. I'll exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, I'll humble you. I'll put you on NBC shirtless. It says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Church, here's the message. James 1, 4, 10 says it. Luke 14, 11 says it. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Luke 14, 11, For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Listen, dying to ourselves and committing ourselves to loving God and to loving people. man. only then will we become a church that's pleasing to the Lord. And I just wonder if if through COVID, where we just spent a lot of time with just ourselves or the people closest to us, or maybe we needed an awakening to take place in our heart that, wait a minute, it's not all about me. I want us to be a church. I want us to be a body of believers that actually is energized by dying to ourselves. And I know I can grow in this too, but... Man, we're so passionate about the needs of others. We're so passionate about loving and valuing others, right? We're not distracted by self. We're humble. We're humble. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.